0: Hi everyone, my name is Christine, and this is Politic, where you get a chance to be a guest speaker on the show. This is in terms of bringing people together, uh, voices of the millennials and the Generation X, to talk about issues that are within the Toronto region. And here we have is our guest speaker, Jorge Cordero. And would you mind please telling me more about yourself?
1: So hi everyone, my name is Jorge Cordero. Uh, Today I'm gonna be speaking about immigration and citizenship in uh, in the Canadian context. Of course, this being this municipal episode, um, I know citizenship and immigration is a national topic, it's a federal topic, Um, and it's being an election year, it's gonna be exciting to see what's going to happen. But just to keep the conversation, I will give you some background and then I will try to keep it in context with the municipal context to see what Toronto has to offer.
0: Okay, so uh, tell me more about how you got to Canada.
1: So how did I end up in Maple Country? Well, um, I came here in 2011 and I was... uh, uh, privilege enough to come here as a landed immigrant, thanks to the sponsorship of my family. Uh, so it was me and my mom that I came here in 2011. Um, years after, um, probably maybe five years in 2016, I became a citizen, a naturalized citizen, and that was because I. There was a lot of policy change because I came here when, the Harper government was in power, and. Then in 2015, the Trudeau government came in power and it lowered the required years for a person to apply for citizenship. But my mom and I were not still, so we wanted to wait another year. And so five years came around and we finally got our citizenship.
0: So coming from another country, I'm pretty sure you experience a lot of things that are different um, here in Canada. So like as a student just growing up, like going to school, making friends, what was your experience like?
1: Hmm, so school, well, when I came here, I I was advised by my family to stay away from Latin uh, Latinx people, <laughs> so um, and that was that was for in in their words to my benefit, so I could practice English and you know learn about Canadian culture, um, but because I was put into an ESL, ESL class to learn English, um, all of us in the same class, we were Orlando immigrants, we didn't know any, anything about English or Canada in general, so we all kind of like, you know, made our own group of like, oh, we're the international crew, we are friends, we, are, we only speak English to each other because we don't know, we don't know how to speak Spanish or Tagalog or Vietnamese, so... That's basically how I grew up. I grew up around international students, international London immigrants, and in high school I um, developed more of a uh, warmer heart into the Asian community rather than the Latin community, and uh, specifically the Vietnamese community. They were very uh, um, warm-hearted, and they welcomed me in, and they allowed me to be part of the the crew and grow with them. and so that's that's where I'm at now. I'm uh, I'm Latino. I identify, identify as a Latino, but I still hold true to like a lot of the values that I grew up with, uh, being respectful, being accepting of other cultures, and knowing how to learn while st- while still being able to sh- express myself and who I am.
0: So just to build off from that, I I know you were just trying to find yourself in the process, but have you ever just like question yourself like oh do i really belong here because you know we're surrounded by so many like diversity and just international students and i know you were at a point where you wanted to find somewhere to belong but is this in the back of your mind that oh i i somewhat wanted to be latin more or just go back to your roots
1: yeah so i think identity is a huge huge point in like everybody's lives and knowing who you are and learning how to love yourself it's important um as for culture wise i i i am still in the process in the gray area where i'm like huh do i belong here do i belong in that community but i don't really like fit in either community so um, we had a chat uh, some time ago in our VSA uh, about our identity and our um, Canadian identity and how we can, you know, express ourselves here and maintain our own culture. So uh, the speaker that we had, uh, I asked her about the, the question, like, you know, like maintaining my identity, knowing where I am, knowing who I am, and she had gone through the same experience. She actually had the reverse experience for me, so she was from an asian background and she was she grew up surrounded by latin people <laughs> and so it was pretty funny that we that we shared our stories and we were like oh we're we're, we're you know I, I know what you've been through you know what, I, what I've been through and at at the end she, she told me like um, just be yourself the, the the canadian society has this idea where everybody is unique everybody has something to bring to the table and their Canadian mosaic is so huge that it makes a huge, a big picture. After it, a big, beautiful picture, and compared to the U.S., where everything is supposed to be one way, Canada allows for people to be more free and to be expressive of who they are and show their culture and share their culture. So, I think it's. I think I did go through through to the, the point where I was questioning myself, questioning my identity, and it was rough, but. Knowing who I am, knowing that I'm Latino and I know know myself and I love myself and I know um, which community I can can fall back on, it's huge. And it's important for everybody to know.
0: Yeah, so um, thanks for answering my question. And just following from that, I feel like culture plays a really big part of people's lives here and for Canada has for some time recognized through the Charter of Rights and Freedoms. Do you see the values of multiculturalism honored and respected in our everyday lives?
1: Um, I think if we talk about our day-to-day lives, it's hard to notice if there's any, anything wrong. and. That's, that's, speaking of, from my experience, I don't really find there's a lot of harassment from my way. Of course, different communities have different struggles. And um, it, it is hard to express ourselves in a country where, historically, we've been, minorities have been repressed and culturally uh, isolated from the, rest, from the rest of the, of the communities. Um, for example, I can go back to like the 19, 1920s 1930s where there was the Chinese ban where Chinese immigrants were not allowed to come into the country um, or in World War II when the Japanese internment camps were were brought in um, and it 's hard it 's hard to, to to know that that 's the Canadian history and the country we, we, we see now and the country we, we picture ourselves that we are is different and that we should value and we should continue to protect what what we have now um, it is in a, in a city like Toronto it's it's not it's not hard to for people to like be able to Go into any any Jamaican jerk chicken restaurant and just eat their heart out. It's not it's not difficult to find to find the the best taco shop, the best Korean barbecue. It's it's not it's not hard because we because our city is like that. Our city loves and loves and treasures our diversity. It's even in, in our tourism tourism ads. So, um, I, in a city like Toronto, I do see it respected. Um, but in the bigger picture, I, I think there's, there's still a, a little bit of work that we can, we can still like, put into uh, respective values.
0: As you mentioned, I, I can see Toronto as being more so really accepting to immigrants and newcomers because there's, there's people that live here of the previous generation and they try to bring in so much of the culture by preserving what they have and whenever there's places you want to explore for for anything pretty much like events or food like we try our best to be open minded and respectful of that and so my question is to you is since newcomers worry a lot about communication skills and face discrimination based on language alone how is our current policy Helping or harming the situation?
1: So yeah, um, I think Toronto is uh, considered one of uh, the many sanctuary cities from uh, everything from few from few years ago. Um, so of course, English uh, English policy, English language policy is huge in the city. Um, the federal government has a lot of uh, funding that goes into. Uh, link schools our language language um, specific schools um, and the city of Toronto also through the TDSB they provide English language classes for many uh, immigrants um, they 're free classes and they 're available for everyone, but um, not every, every newcomer knows that they're available so how do we how do we get people to know about service um, when I came into the airport, I was, I was immediately met by a, an English-speaking man. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm here new, like two seconds in the, into the country. I don't know English at all. And this man's already speaking um, English to me at like 50 words a minute. So, <laughs> um, it's hard. It's, it's hard when, 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 you, when you don't have a guidance to know, like, oh, this service is available for you. You can start learning English now if you wanted to. Um, I guess now, thanks thanks to the internet and thanks to uh, uh, mobile apps, we are we are able to, like, start learning a little bit earlier. But technology and the availability of internet is still um, also very rare in, like, the, in the marginalized communities. So... Um, I think our policy should um, be more mindful of that, that uh, not many newcomers are able to access the service. Not many newcomers are able to uh, know that the service even exists. And if they're not able to access it due to health reasons or to um, transportation or whatever, that um, uh, other methods methods like uh, internet or mobile apps are still also not that available to low income uh, households
0: so it's great that Canada really does offer services um, for newcomers that come to the country because for many people it's it's really hard just to like to uh, justify just like the new lifestyle and especially like when you whenever you're trying to find a job or just try to make friends with people like English is is an asset like whatever you're trying to get to anywhere you want to go so my question is um, is there any various immigration streams that are available for newcomers uh, in terms of services that are provided within toronto um
1: yeah so there's uh there's multiple ways to come into canada um that you can either you can apply to uh, from your country, or you can apply to from here. Um, some of the main ones are refugee status, um, permanent residents, and um, international students. So the way immigration works for each one is different. Uh, immigrants need to come in as actually as uh, refugee claimants then they, they then must go to court and um, make their, their case as to why they must be given refugee status here. And that's a long process, especially because we, we, have, we have a huge backlog of uh, cases that, that, made, that date back to, like, 2014, 2013. Um, as a landed immigrant, you are considered a permanent resident. So permanent residents can do basically anything that a Canadian can do except for both. Um, you're not allowed to vote in when you're a PR, and it sucks because you're you're being <laughs> as 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 I read a comment once, you're being taxed without representation, <laughs> and it's true because you you can't elect anybody into government. You can't tell your, your your constituent, oh, I don't really like this policy. Like you can tell them, but they're they're less likely to take your voice into account, right? Because you're not a citizen, you're a PR, so. Uh, I think we, sh- we, sh- we should love it more for that, for that, um, for P.R.s to be able to voice, voice themselves, right, and participate in a little bit in, in more open elections. Um, and then we have international students. International students pay, uh, depending on the school, about four times the domestic tuition, which, which is bl- mind blowing, first of all. <laughs> um, and um, after they are they have completed a a degree here or a certificate or anything, any credential here, they are then able to apply for a work permit. Um, After their work permit, they are then um, able to work here for about a year and then apply to be a permanent resident. Um, The process is, of course, very long, very tedious. Uh, Finding a job here can be hard, especially if you're an international student. Um, But there's, there's, there's many ways to, like, be able to like apply here. Um, can they be better? Yes, of course they can be better. But um, I think it's, it's great that we have at least different options for people to come into Canada.
0: Well, speaking of uh, international students, uh, they, they do come from countries that were privileged and had Enough money to come to Canada for education. And since you mentioned that international students pay twice of the amount for education, uh, how do you think they'll be able to pay off without the provincial government funding for their education?
1: Um, so, hashtag fight the fees, you know. Um, international students do pay, out, they pay way, way more than their. There that we then what we play what we pay here um, during the 2017 um, college faculty strike um, it was noted that colleges treat international students as cash cows as piggy banks because they pay so much money to study here and so they fund a lot of the operations of the college um, now I remember talking to a friend of mine and telling telling me that. Um, they had to take out a huge, huge loan in the country to come here, and that interest would be building up, and they would have to be paying back as they work here. And um, of course, if you're not, if you're not, if you don't come from a from a wealthy family, it's hard. It's not easy for you to to be able to like just pack up your bags, apply for a for a student student permit, and then apply to university here. It's it's difficult, um, and I think we can see that a lot in, like, the Southeast Asian uh, immigrants and also the um, the different communities from Latin America that, that, that come to study here. Um, recently, I have I've have experienced and seen and men, met many, many students here that are studying from Panama who are being sponsored by the government to, to study here, and that's for their own, like, uh, national development, right? So... Um, if other countries had programs like that, like you know you you can send your people to study English in a foreign country to for let's say like eight months and then they can come back to your country and serve a greater purpose to your country to develop your country even more like Panama is growing fast and um it's because they are putting money into their people they' are helping support their people to like develop themselves right and then in turn that gives back to their country and that it just generates growth and growth and growth. And um, I feel like if more if more nations would be able to like um, have programs like that where they are able to support people's dreams, people, people's aspirations to, to learn new languages, learn new experience, um, there would be a much, much um, higher growth rate around the world.
0: So you mentioned how international students do try to find a way in order to... Um, survive through the years of undergrad but you know going from schools that you were at like with international students what what kind of services are provided for them in order f- to be financially stable because obviously OSAP is not funded, right? So
1: right. So um I guess too i don't know um, international students are are able to like work twenty hours a week, but twenty hours a week doesn't give you a lot to like live on right it's just not enough, especially with minimum minimum wage right now it's just should be should be fifteen dollars right now right um, now but uh, to touch again on, on my friends' experience, so they had to take a huge loan from the country to come here and study and, and I studied in george brown and it was, it was a huge amount, it was like something like five hundred thousand and this was just for like a postgrad so the postgrad is you already have a, you already, already have a credential, you are only have to do a fast track program now, so you just have to do sixteen months in one go, uh, including summer semesters so it's because that because, because that, that, that was a loan, um, the interest will still rise, and whatever money they they make they have to send back right to be able to like pay off the loan um, and the loan is not provided to the government there it's provided to a private lender so the private lender can do basically whatever whatever they want because it's not regulated right um, and then once, once, once they have the, their job here um, after they graduate after they apply for their work permit and they find a job here and let's say it's a well-paying job, they're still going to be able to be like having to send like 70% of that back to pay off their loan. It's just, it's not sustainable, right? And the, the fact that the, the, the um, Canadian government is basically having this designer immigrants where you train them here with your, with your education, with your credentials, and you give them the opportunity to work here and to live here for, and to serve your country where they decided to study, and you're still not gonna help them to like pay off their loans that they had to take out from their country, from their homeland, to be able to w- study in your country. It's 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 hard. It's not it's not right. It's not how our policy should be.
0: So we have a few questions just from the crowd that uh, submitted our questions, and it our first question is. Identified in the recent report by Washington-based Pew Research found that Canadians are least likely to blame immigrants for crime and terrorism. What do you think about the statement, and why do you feel that Canadians are a lot safer here?
1: Right, so um, I think immigrants, feel, uh, immigrants and Canadians feel a lot safer here. Um, of course, there, there has been the many incidents like... Uh, that previously noted like historic uh, restrictions on, on Asian immigration um, the Mont, the uh, Quebec uh, mosque massacre, uh, the many um, profiling cases that we that we had um, but I think overall Canadians do feel a lot safer with immigrants and a lot more comfortable with immigrants here uh, because you know historically. Immigrants have been been a positive impact into the economy, have been a positive impact to people's lives. They have enriched uh, communities. They have built up and started um, businesses. And so um, people have known immigrants to be hardworking, to be uh, go-getters, to be determined, to make a a better life for themselves. And then um, you can see the contrast with some canadian people who may be blaming it on um immigrants for therefore like not being able to find a job not being able to find um housing when in fact it's it's like we're all in the same struggle about housing we're all we're all in the same struggle about unemployment um we're going through we're going through the same issues we just experience it differently um do we feel safer in in Canada? Yes, we feel a lot safer in Canada. Mainly because from where we come from, violence is, is common compared to many other countries, uh, especially my country in Guatemala. Guatemala is considered it has um, death tolls yearly uh, compared to active war zones like Syria. Canada has less murders in a year than. Um, like Mexico, like it's it's a lot safer here. It's a lot safer here. To, to in in general, um, there's less theft. People respect each other more. People are more uh, in, in in smaller cities and smaller uh, communities. People are more communal. People know who your neighbor is. Um, I think that I think that that's that's what, that's what we like here. We we f- we feel safe here. We feel connected to each other, and we can fall back on on each other when we're going through hard times, like we did back last year. Uh, when the, um, When the ban attack happened in, in Young, on Young Street, so diversity is our strength, and diversity is also what empowers us and drives us forward so, and it 's also like building our own like shield of we know ourselves, we know our communities, we know our diversity is here, and we want to uh, value it, treasure it, and cherish it.
0: So recently on the news, there has been some some commotion going on in New Zealand. And there's a question that popped up um, in terms of our uh, podcast of this this month. And it said that the Conservative leader of Andrew Smear, federal nominee of for the 2019 Canadian federal election, issued a statement about... A terrorist attack in church in Christchurch. he implicated that the freedom is being under attack freedom has come under attack in new Ze- zealand as a peaceful worshippers are targeted in a dispensable acts of evil all people must be able to practice their faith freely without fear so what are your thoughts on his statement does it really reflect on the everyday lives of Canadians or does it only target to the Pacific population of Canadians?
1: Right, so um, I did hear about the statement and uh, the horrible, horrible terrorist attack that happened in uh, New Zealand. Uh, Honestly, when, when when I woke up that morning and I read the news and I saw it happen. I was, I was in shock. I was like, "This, this, this is not what we want. This is not what, what we are supposed to be, right?" Um, I think uh, many people were declaring it the worst day in New Zealand in history, and I think they're pretty, they're pretty much on point. Um, but back here at home, I guess. Um, our major John Tory issued a statement and he specifically mentioned that this was an attack on the Muslim community. Um, our damn prime minister uh, also men- mentioned the specific- it was specific to the Muslim community. Our damn premier in Ontario, damn Doug Ford, he also mentioned specifically the Muslim community being under attack. Andrew Sheer, the Federal nominee for the p c party decided not to. he decided to step around the Muslim community and specifically focus on freedom being targeted and religion being targeted, but not the Muslim community and I think that 's what angered everybody and i think I know later he issued a, a statement again um, i don 't know if i haven 't had a chance to check, uh, take a look at it and see if he has. Um, specifically mention now the Muslim community, but it wouldn 't matter because the first statement already went out. The first statement where his thoughts were already written didn 't mention the Muslim community. His, the Muslim community was not on his mind when he was um, saying that he, he was sorry for what had happened. Um, so let reflect on the on the daily lives of Canadians he doesn't reflect on the daily lives of Canadians. Um, pretty much everything that I saw on Twitter, everything that I saw on Instagram, everything, that, everything that, that I saw on the streets, on when I talked to people, they were all saying that the Muslim community was being attacked, the Muslim community was being targeted, and that this wasn't right. This was racist. This was Islamophobic. This was, this was all just to provoke fear and death. And it wasn't right. And... Um, for for Anders to come here come and issue a statement and saying that it's not um, not even recognizing that the attack was on uh people who uh practice a a minority religion in new zealand they And really um tried to cover up i guess in a in a way try to step up, step away from Recognizing that it was an attack on Muslim communities, and this was an, this was all promoted by white supremacists, um, I read later on that the white suprem- the the, the uh, terrorists who had carried out attack had written the the um, the Quebec um, Montreal mosque attack um, names on his, on his AR fifteen as an honor to, to, to that man, to our Canadian attack back a few years ago. And it's, it, just, it just shows you, like, the, the depth of how white supremacists can be found all over the world and how we... we although if we, if we feel safe, there's this isolated attacks that make, that make us question, like, are we really being protected by our government? Are we really being um, safe... Are really being treasured and valued in our country
0: so like uh, just to wrap up we we kind of noticed there's a lot of uh, stories and just experiences out of people who live in Canada and I know for like just newcomers that come here they they should be really thankful and grateful of like all of the resources that we offer uh, as a country and, you know, as well, communities and organizations that have been well known and established in accepting people of all kinds of identities. and And so what do you think as a country, let's say... Five to ten years from now um, in accepting more immigrants do you see it as a a greater greater chance a greater possibility or you're not sure yet because the federal election is coming up so there might be somewhat of a change in policies and how immigrants will be accepted into the country
1: yeah so uh I think we know our privilege to be able to be here we are thankful for the opportunity to to be here um but we also have uh we have rights right we have we have lives here and we recognize that there are things that can be better there are things that can be improved um and um, in, the next, in the next five years, let's say, um, the uh, Liberal government uh, announced a few years ago that they were uh, taking up to 300,000 new refugees every year. Now, that's a, that's, that's a big goal, but it's not something that they haven't done before. Uh, during the Vietnam War, they took 300,000 immigrants, 300,000 immigrant, uh, Vietnamese uh, refugees. And now they want to do that yearly. Which is great. Like our, you, you, have you seen our birth rate? It's like flatlining. So we need we need more immigrants. We need we need more immigrants to uh, continue our growth, and, and continue our um, to empower our economy. Um, now, because it's an election year, um, I do hope that we are able to stay away from a conservative government. Um, and have more policies that are that are um, opening doors to immigrants, not shutting down doors and avenues for people to come in. Um, we have uh, a skilled worker shortage, and immigrants help to relieve that. Uh, what well, that's 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 why we have the seasonal immigration work program here, uh, where people where people come from. Uh, uh, other, country, other countries to work in farms, help out with agriculture here, and then leave and go back home. That's one. That's one of the, the key programs that keep our economy, our food uh, supply going. And I really, 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 really hope that uh, when Canadians go to the polls on October, by the way, register so that you are able to vote. Um, so that we can vote for a good government for a government that will value our multiculturalism that will, that will protect our rights as immigrants as citizens, as uh, marginalized people as uh, the beautiful Canadian mosaic that we are
0: Alright, so any final words uh, before we go?
1: So, uh, yes, final words um, everyone who is a citizen listening right now Register to vote. Register to vote, and head to the polls. Learn who your uh, who your nominees are for your writing. It's not that hard. Uh, if you're doing your tax re- your tax returns, make sure you click yes so that you know you're registered already and you're able to like just get that card in your mailbox. Head to the polls, early polls or late polls, whatever you want, and vote, 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 vote. Get involved. Know who know who you're voting for know what's coming uh, because we need that we need people to be active to be voting to be engaged and to know what's going on Um, I am still finishing my school in George Brown so I'm not sure there's much I can plug here other than just follow me on my Instagram I guess for any updates Um, that's J-C-W-A-S H-E-R-E on Instagram just it up. You'll, you'll, see, you'll see my face, find my orange hat and that's it everybody take care um, of course get registered to vote and make sure you know you take care of yourselves and learn to get involved
0: alright, thanks for listening and also uh, stay tuned for any future episodes that will be featured in our uh, page that will be on Facebook politic and if you would like to be a guest speaker on politic, please do send a message. It's on the right side of the page where you could send a message um or send an email as well through our about page and yes yeah, st- stay stay safe and stay warm right.